Construction, a good omens multi-voice podfic, written by Summer of Spock and read by Sky Asimaru and Cha. Chapter 16 Aziraphale wanted to drive him to the airport, but it didn't make sense. Not with Crowley's rented car. What were they going to do, convoy? They'd say goodbye at the cabin, and that was that. And yes, maybe it would feel like someone reaching into Crowley's chest and squeezing his heart into a pulpy mash, but that was all right, because it wasn't like they were breaking up. They would see each other again. It was just a matter of when. Crowley tried not to think about the likelihood that Aziraphale would grow tired of the distance, that without Crowley around he'd lose interest, that their relationship would fall apart before Crowley ever had a chance to come back. So, at 4 a.m. on the 12th, Crowley wheeled his back to the door, and stuffed his feet into his unfashionable but very practical boots. Spider sat by his football chirping, not understanding that it wasn't breakfast time. It was a two-hour drive to the airport, and, according to Aziraphale, he needed to factor in the fully recommended two-hour arrival time before his 8 a.m. flight. You'll send me pictures of the cat, right? Finally abandoning his football in favor of attention, Spider bumped against his knuckles as Crowley tied the laces of his boots. <laughs> of course I'll send you pictures of the cat, Aziraphale said, like Crowley's question was the most ridiculous thing he'd ever heard. Crowley stood, fiddling with the key fob in his pocket. What about pictures of you? Aziraphale gasped dramatically and pressed a hand to his chest. <gasps> My dear, are you asking for nudes? Rowley choked on his tongue. Ah, uh, no, that's not, I just mean, you know, selfies, like normal couples. But Aziraphale was grinning slyly and Crowley realized he was taking the piss. Ah, oh, you bastard. Aziraphale kissed his cheek sweetly. You know, I wouldn't object if you decided to send me salacious material of any sort. Crowley dropped his keys on the ground and swore. <laughs> You're so easy to get a rise out of. Aziraphale teased as Crowley bent to pick up his rental keys. All right, yes, no need to make a big deal of it, Crowley said, ears growing hotter by the second. He snatched his suitcase and took one final look around the cabin. The sofa bed was put away, and most of the lights were off, the lamp upstairs bleeding over the railing and providing just enough light to see by. When Crowley finally stood upright, Aziraphale met his gaze, and the air around them turned thick and slow as syrup. Crowley felt stuck to the spot as Aziraphale tucked on his lapel. I'll miss you something awful. Swallowing hard. Oh, 
Those were tears climbing up his throat, Crowley said. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Aziraphale sniffed and kissed him once, soft, lingering, his hands coming up to cup Crowley's jaw. Text me once you're there. Course I will, Crowley said, more choked with every passing second. Aziraphale kissed the corner of his mouth one final time. Best get a wiggle on, love. It wasn't enough. Crowley knew it would probably never be enough, but he dropped his suitcase, threw his arms around Aziraphale's neck, and kissed him for all that he was worth. Aziraphale's hands clutched at his back, causing a sharp spike of pain in his ribs, but Crowley didn't care. He was kissing Aziraphale for the last time, maybe ever. Don't think about it. And that was more important. Finally, Aziraphale broke the kiss. They were both breathing hard, and Aziraphale looked deliciously wrecked. Go, Aziraphale said, pulling away. Before I make you late. Right, Crowley said, and he sucked in a deep breath. I'll talk to you soon. Aziraphale smiled, and the way his eyes crinkled went a long way to soothing the crumpling of Crowley's heart. Of course. But before Crowley could even open the door, Aziraphale cried, <gasps> Wait! and dashed up the stairs, returning a moment later with a red and black folded flannel. He handed it to Crowley. As promised. Your very own flannel. It unfurled in Crowley's hands. It was the same flannel Aziraphale had let him use when he had been hurt those first few days. He shrugged it on, over his handlay, fashion be damned. Do you like it? Aziraphale asked, hands clasped hopefully in front of him. It's perfect, Crowley breathed, clutching at the hem. And it was. It smelled like a Aziraphale. With a final kiss and a heavy heart, Crowley left. The drive back to the airport felt shorter than the drive in, and if Crowley cried the whole way, it didn't matter, because there was no one there to see it. Six weeks later. How spider? Crowley asked, placing the phone on speaker and setting it on his chest as he lay down in bed. I finally got him neutered. Crowley heard some rustling through the line, like he was adjusting too. Honestly, the way he's soaking reminds me quite a bit of you after your tumble. It was 9.30 in London, which meant it was some time in the afternoon for Aziraphale. They usually talked around this time. It was easiest for Aziraphale to get away from work and for Crowley to set aside time in the evening. Overall, their attempt at long distance had been going well. They texted constantly and spoke almost every day. Aziraphale didn't act like he was tired of Crowley, 
which was promising. Crowley bristled. Sulking? I hardly sulked. Manfully complained. Aziraphale corrected. But the poor dear has been sleeping a great deal. I've been informed he'll return to his usual energy level soon, but it's been rather boring without him zipping around the house. The bat audibly creaked on Aziraphale's side of the phone line. Crowley liked hearing things like that. He liked that maybe they were both lying in bed, halfway across the world from each other. Have you heard anything else about the lodge? Crowley sighed. <sighs> the whole lodge mess had become the thorn in his side. Every time the Rialta emailed him to tell him someone was interested, it inevitably fell through, because the potential buyer realized it was too much work. Right now, it looked like the thing would be a rotting lot on a hill that sucked Crowley dry with its property taxes. I'll take that sound as a no. Apparently, no eccentric millionaires want to buy a B&B in the middle of Oregon. Crowley said, frustration colouring his voice. If I happened to be a millionaire, I'd buy it in a second. Aziraphale said with his usual optimism. Crowley sighed, this time a bit wistfully. <sighs> he could see it almost too easily. Aziraphale waking up every day and creating guests, giving out travel suggestions sharing a little bit of local colour with visitors. He'd be so happy. He said as much, and Aziraphale laughed. <laughs> I'm not exactly qualified, but I'm sure I'd enjoy it. Sometimes Crawley thought he would enjoy it too. Late at night, 1am after a long day, Crowley pondered whether he really was the sort of person who liked that fast-paced, all-or-nothing, get-it-done-or-die trying environment. Back in his twenties, he had thrived on it. But coming back from Oregon, he was beginning to see that maybe he'd started using that lifestyle as a distraction. He saw that the only joy he found in it anymore was the fact that it exhausted him and that it took away any time to think about the fact that he was getting old, that he was alone, that he was unhappy. Uh, so, how's work been? Crowley asked instead of saying any of that. Aziraphale launched into an excited retelling of capturing a possum in room 206 at the Flamingo, which was much funnier than Crowley's own tale of explaining to his colleagues how stupid it would be to switch asset management systems midway through the fiscal year. But Aziraphale listened, and it was all very nice. It was also getting late, and when they fell silent, Crowley expected Aziraphale to end the phone call. Instead, he asked, voice hushed against the receiver, Would you touch yourself if I asked? Crowley snatched his phone off his chest and slapped it off speaker, as if anyone was going to hear the conversation. Heart racing fiercely, he demanded, what? 
I miss you, Aziraphale said again, like this was any sort of normal conversation. I want to hear you come for me. I know you can do it, darling. I imagine you're getting hard already. Para all, Aziraphale was right. Crowley's briefs were tightening, and he palmed his half-heart cock. His stomach fluttered with nerves as he said, Aziraphale, Angel, I've not... Phone sex isn't really... But you're so good at talking, Aziraphale said, rolling his vowels in that way that brought out the strange hodgepodge of his accent. You could talk about anything for hours. Stuff I know about, Crowley said, face going hot. He pushed his hair off his forehead and took a deep breath that did nothing to calm him. He could feel his resolve caving. It would be embarrassing and awful, but for Aziraphale, he would do it. Come now, you know about six. You proved that quite effectively. All of the air left Crowley in one long whoosh, and he closed his eyes. Ugh. I can start us off if you think that might make it easier. Of course, we don't have to do this at all if you're uncomfortable, Aziraphale said, and Crowley heard the slightest hitch in his voice, and that was enough. That was it. He was done for. No, it's fine. I mean, all right. You start. Are you absolutely sure? I don't want to pressure you. Aziraphale. I've never tried it, so I can't say either way. I'm happy to try it for you, though. Aziraphale hummed happily and started to talk. I had a very long day yesterday. Someone in Aurora is doing a barn restoration, and they wanted to hire me for the fence work, which is all well and good for the money, but the drive is atrocious. Of course I did it. What else is there to do these days? But I got home late, and all I wanted was a long, hot shower. Crowley could see where this was going. Shower masturbation, a classic. I miss you whenever I come home. It was lovely to have you to come home to. So you were already on my mind while I was getting undressed. It was easy to get distracted. Yeah? Crowley asked, the words slipping out. He could picture Aziraphale's small bathroom filled with steam, smell the perpetual pine scent. I thought about those days helping you shower. I wanted to get on my knees for you, so badly. Aziraphale said, breath hitching again, and while the words weren't doing much for Crowley, the idea that they were affecting Aziraphale made his toes start to tingle, and his stomach grew hot and heavy. Is this working? Are you touching yourself? Crowley wasn't, but he was certain Aziraphale was. Uh, are you? Yes, I'm thinking about your legs. My legs? Confusion cut through the growing prickle of arousal as Aziraphale's breath picked up. 
I never got to feel them around my waist while I fucked you. Aziraphale said, and Crowley heard the slick sound of his fist moving. When had Loop gotten involved? His own cock twitched under a shocking wave of lust at the obscene wet noise. Holy shit! Hold on, switching to speaker. Crowley put his phone beside him and slipped his hands into his briefs, harming his mostly hard cock and groaning at the touch. I never got to fuck you either. Oh, good lord, do you want to? The slick sound slowed, and Aziraphale's ragged breathing was all Crowley could hear. God, what he wouldn't give to feel Aziraphale on top of him, kissing him. So much, Crowley gasped, riding another wave of sensation as Aziraphale breathed in his ear. Tell me how, Aziraphale said, and he must have done something good because he groaned. Crowley's brain shorted out. I... Uh, I'd... Would you use your hands first? Do you like that? Yes, I like it when I'm wet, sloppy, begging for it. Crowley scrambled to keep up. Then, uh, yeah, I'd start with my tongue. You liked that. Oh, Crowley. Confidence slightly boosted, he continued. And then my hand, for as long as you can take it. Your fingers would feel so good. I've got one inside me now, but it's not. Yours would be better. Aziraphale moaned, causing Crowley to involuntarily stroke his cock at the image of Aziraphale on his bed in the middle of the day, fingering himself in broad daylight. Tell me what you do to my cock, Aziraphale demanded in that sweet, breathy, prim voice. I'd suck you if you'd let me, while I got you loose and ready for me. I'd let you do anything, Aziraphale said, quite far gone, apparently. Thinking it was going pretty well, Crowley said, I think I'd want you on your hands and knees. I could play with your ass while I fucked you, reach around and jerk your cock until you come all over your bed. Oh, Crowley, I'm close. Love, please. I'd fuck you exactly how you asked, as long as you wanted. Crowley said, cock forgotten in his hand, as he listened to Aziraphale lose himself on the other end of the phone line. Fast, slow, how do you want it? Slow and deep. I want to feel every inch of you. Tell me you'd give it to me. Uh, Crowley said, gobsmacked. Talk like that wasn't particularly sexy, but he'd say it. I'd give it to you. Tell me you'd fuck me with your huge cock. Crowley grimaced, but Aziraphale sounded very into it, so he said it with as much conviction as he could muster. I'd fuck you with my huge cock. Aziraphale groaned, a long, stuttering sound. 
Then it was just his laboured breathing for a long moment before he asked, Did you come? Um... Crowley hesitated. No, you didn't like it, did you? Well, it's not for everyone. I mean, it was all right. The bit at the end was a little much. Huge cocks and all. A bit hyperbolic, that. Aziraphale was silent for a moment. I will admit I got a bit carried away, but I think you might be misguided as to the size of your penis. I mean... Crowley thought back to his admittedly small handful, no pun intended, of previous partners with dicks. Oh, I guess I'm above average. <laughs> I'd say you were on the larger side of large. Goodness, before we were together and I was helping you wash your hair in the shower, your briefs wet through and I got a fairly good picture of what you had in your drawers. To be quite honest, I thought I might faint. Crony thanked his lucky stars they were on the phone, and Aziraphale couldn't see his blush. His whole torso felt hot. He made a dismissive sound in the back of his throat. <laughs> oh, you're making those silly noises of yours, Aziraphale said with delight. I miss those. Crowley harumphed. Hmm, I don't make silly noises. Yes, dear, Aziraphale said, the very picture of condescension. Now, where were we? I believe I was going to attempt to bring you to orgasm with my voice, if you're amenable. <sighs> Aziraphale mumbled something that sounded like, <laughs> No silly noises, before asking, I presume discussion of cocks doesn't exactly do it for you. I mean, not my cock, Crowley said, shifting around and trying to get a bit of airflow. His back was discomfitingly sweaty. Your cock, though, might do. Crowley could practically hear Xerophil's smile. Well, it's rather spent at the moment. You made quite a mess of me. Crowley's dick twitched hopefully. I'd love it if I could kiss you right now, Aziraphale said, and somehow that was it, the right tack exactly. Crowley exhaled. I'd like that too. Softly at first. I know you like that. And then your neck, your beautiful collarbones. My beard would leave all sorts of red marks behind. Would you like that? Crowley's eyes fluttered shut, and he slapped his hand into his drawers. Yes, Crowley said, gasping through the first stroke to his cock. I'd kiss your beautiful chest, all the way down to your gorgeous hips, until you were hard. Are you hard for me, my dear? Yes. Maybe this was less embarrassing than Crowley thought. Just touch yourself and think of me, Aziraphale said. And of course Crowley was thinking of him. His plush stomach, the very soft center of his chest. Crowley was still torn between whether Aziraphale's thighs looked better with 
or without jeans, but in his mind's eyes they were bare, dusted in soft golden hair. Crowley's hands were on them. Oh, he was picturing that time after the bar, eating a Xerophile out. The image flickered into something different. A Xerophile after a shower. White gold curls slicked back, a towel around his waist. Crowley could touch the soft curve at his side, where his fat folded slightly. Love handles. This wasn't so different, really, than what Crowley did in the shower every few days, except Josephine was listening, occasionally saying soft, encouraging endearments that made it better. Oh, God, Josephine, I'm close. Please. He hissed, jerking up into his hand. He needed something. Just a little more, and he'd be there. He wished he could kiss Aziraphale, completely soppy, done for. Darling, you're doing so well. I love listening to you. Crowley's back arched, muscles locking, as he came in hot pulses over his fist, soft pleasure radiating through him. He closed his eyes until his breathing evened out, and then cleaned himself up with tissues from his nightstand. Uh, I guess that's one more long-distance relationship thing to check off the list. What? Phone sex? Aziraphale asked, sounding distinctly amused. Yeah. He tossed the dirty Kleenex towards the wastebasket, grimacing when he missed. Mm. Aziraphale snorted. <laughs> I didn't know you were keeping a list. Course I am. Got all sorts of lists. Now we just need to mark off ghosting each other instead of actually breaking up and we'll get four marks. Uh. Crowley said, regretting the words even as they left his mouth. They were a joke, but they were in poor taste. Aziraphale probably knew they were a joke. He knew Crowley had a dark sense of humor. He still shouldn't be making jokes about breaking up. Idiot. Idiot. Aziraphale made a thoughtful noise, but the tone of the silence between them grew tight. Stomach dropping, Crowley stared at his ceiling and began to run through the series of inevitable conversations he was certain were about to happen. Crowley. That didn't sound like a you're-in-trouble voice, but it did sound serious. Yeah, Angel. Crowley replied in a facsimile of a light tone. I love you. That was not in the list of inevitable conversations Crowley had been expecting. He had no practiced response. Instead, he made a guttural, punched-out noise. Uh. He might not have a response at the ready, but he knew one. It was just stuck in the middle of his throat, drowned in shock. 
You don't have to say it back, Aziraphale said, voice wavering slightly. But it, it dawned on me the other day that you probably didn't know, and that you deserved to. I don't fall for people easily, Crowley, and for whatever reason, I keep thinking you've got this idea that I have one foot out the door. It's quite the opposite, I assure you. Oh. Trying to pluck the words from around the tightening in his throat, Crowley squeezed his eyes shut. His last boyfriend had said he loved him, but that had been nearly a decade ago, before their relationship fizzled into nothing, before Crowley's meagre heart wasn't enough. Crowley, are you all right? A bit overwhelmed, Crowley finally managed to say. Aziraphale's strained laugh tore at Crowley's heart. <laughs> I suppose I should have expected that. Crowley exhaled and focused on his breathing. He needed to say it back. He wanted to say it back. Uh, I love you too, you know. Hard not to. Well, that's a rousing endorsement. Aziraphale said wryly, and Crowley heard the threat of disappointment beneath it. He was fucking this up monumentally. No, it's... I do. Aziraphale sighed, sounding very tired indeed. Look, I'm not good at the... at the feelings stuff, Crowley said, scrabbling for a way to explain himself. You know that. I put my foot in it constantly back in Pine Grove, and I'm doing it now. But I do love you. Being with you, just talking to you, it makes my heart feel like it's too big. Like looking out at the ocean and the stars, and there's just everything, and it's all too much, and you never want to leave. That's what it feels like. Euphoric. All the time. Oh, cruelly. Aziraphale's tone had shifted entirely, from disappointed to slightly choked up. That's so sweet. Crowley groaned. This was why he didn't do feeling stuff. Embarrassing. But maybe it was a little less embarrassing, because Aziraphale loved him back. Three weeks later, Crowley didn't want to admit that he was looking at rings, but his browser history was damning. He'd googled best rings for manual labor, save wedding bands for carpenters and plumbers. Pathetic. Aziraphale had said he loved him once, and Crowley was trolling the internet for wedding bands. They lived in different countries. Crowley had yet to broach the topic of moving. He had yet to find a suitable job in Portland or anywhere near Xerophare. Fucked. It was all fucked. He sighed and dropped his head into his hands. You okay, boss? He peered through his fingers as Eric poked his head in through his office door. 
Do I look okay? Eric gave him a sympathetic smile. No, but you have a meeting with Beers in five, and I thought you'd want a warning. Oh. Crowley groaned and pulled out his phone. He looked at the last thing Aziraphale had sent him to fortify himself a good night text. He needed to figure this out. Gathering his courage, he typed out, Hi, can we start planning my next visit? He slammed his phone into his desk drawer before he could be embarrassed and rushed out of his office to the meeting room Eric helpfully directed him towards. He was done. Fucking done. Maybe he'd quit and live on his savings until something else came up. His stomach roiled with anxiety at the thought, so he stuffed it away. Okay, no quitting then. There had to be other options. Pasting on his best executive smile, he slid into the meeting room, ready to tell Beast that they were, under no uncertain terms, not going to install a new document management system. An hour later, disgusted with the fact that no one would listen to him, he snatched his phone from his desk and found a text waiting for him. I would love for you to come visit if it works with your schedule. Let's chat tonight. Kisses. Two weeks later. Having planned to visit Aziraphale worked wonders on keeping Crowley calm at work. That being said, he still often found himself wanting to throw his laptop out the window. You're leaving this weekend and you won't have to deal with any of this for a week, he reminded himself as he opened yet another broken link provided by the stupid vendor Bees had selected. His cell started to ring. Generally angry with everything in the universe, Crowley snatched up his phone and hissed, What? A timid voice said, Uh, is this Anthony Crowley? Yes, what is it? This is Morningstar Law, calling about your uncle's will. Do you have a moment? Crowley scrubbed at his forehead. More bullshit on a bullshit day. <sighs> sure. What the fuck else was he supposed to do? Hang up on the poor kid? Right. Some papers shuffling. You see, there is a second will we had to tease out, and it seems, alongside the property outside Pine Grove, Mr. King set up a trust to be given to be managed by the deed holder, with a few caveats. Crowley vaguely remembered the nonsense about a second will, but it had been months, and he had been certain nothing would come of it. A trust? Yes, the voice on the other end said. We can fax the documents, but the long and short of it is that it seems like Mr. King wanted someone to get the property in Pine Grove in working order, and then run it. The money is really only for the business. His hand started to shake where it clutched the phone. Every door to every option for moving to Oregon that Crowley had dismissed began to open. So there's more money to fix up the lodge? Not just the original one hundred thousand? He said, trying to make sure he understood. 
because that ran out. The person laughed. <laughs> yes, I'd say there's quite a bit more. You'd better send me that paperwork. Crowley rattled off the officer's fax number, and after he hung up, he looked at the screen and saw a text from Aziraphale. Missing you, and can't wait to see you soon. X.